When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. Your morning, well, sometimes afternoon pitching podcast from Pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is April 15th. And yes, we're going to talk about baseball. Look, I added this on the weekends and uh, very ambitious. I still want to do this every single weekend. But just keep in mind that there are going to be some weekend days. It's going to be a little bit later just because my weekend mornings are a little bit busier than my weekday mornings just how it is, but I'm glad that we can still do this. So, Johan Aviedo was the lead in the SP roundup last night. Seven innings pitched, one earned run, six hits, one walk, 10 strikeouts for a King Cole at a 38% CSW. Is this it for Johan Aviedo? If you guys have followed me through the years, you'll know that I've been really excited about the potential of Johan Aviedo since I saw him with the Cardinals back in 2021. I really liked the breaking ball, saw some velocity, and thought, well, velocity plus a good breaking ball should equate to some success, if I can say a sentence. Now, I will say the fastball is not a good pitch. Aviedo's four-seamer returned just a 42% strike rate in this one, but he only threw 24 of them. That was about a quarter of usage across the start for Aviedo, which meant that he went 70% breaking balls at his slider and curveball. That's actually very interesting. Each of those breaking balls returned a CSW above 40%. This could be the Cleveland Guardians way, just in a different state. I don't know if I buy into this because I don't know how good Aviedo's curveball really is. He's actually showed some success in the first two starts of the year with the pitch. And the fact that he's moving away from the fastball this much might actually be a good thing. It's not typical for Pirates guys. Um, but maybe with Mitch Keller doing somewhat similar things, Aviedo's doing it now. I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued. Maybe this is actually the breakout for Aviedo. He does get cores next, and then he gets the Dodgers, and it is still the Pirates, and the fastball is still bad, and we haven't seen this for a long track record. So all of those things are pushing away from the uh, the opportunity for Aviedo to actually be a breakout for you to get him now. But Juan Aviedo, man, if he develops that consistency, we know that the skills can be there. Um, I, I just want to see it yeah, over a full season if we can, or at least just four straight starts or something. I don't know. I'm very, very intrigued. Other starters from yesterday's games, Mike Clevenger went against the Orioles, six innings, zero runs, one hit, five walks, five Ks, just 221 whiffs on that slider. Um, yeah, there's just not enough for me to chase Mike Clevenger, I think. He's not He's not doing enough. Uh, the Rays, Jays, and Twins are next. He has a four-seamer and slider where neither of them are elite. So I don't want to do it. Jake Woodford, that is the Amish Mustang. Man, eight base runners and 5.1 innings and zero in runs. Come on, man. You're supposed to not be very good so that we can get Matthew Libertor soon enough. I mean, there are so many prospect pitchers. By the way, I just want to put this out there. There are a ton that are very interesting. And I think by like Ju- July 1st, we're going to have like five different ace prospect pitchers. I don't know. It, there's Matthew Libertor, who I think is great. There's obviously Grayson Rodriguez that we know about. Taj Bradley that we know about. There's Mason Miller. There's Kyle Harrison with the Giants. There's uh, Ricky Tedeman also with the Blue Jays. There are so many guys to stash, I think, for starting pitchers right now. Uh, Gavin Stone. I don't actually like Gavin Stone as much as the others because he is change-up focused instead of, uh, and this four-seamer is good-ish. 
but not really overwhelming. But man, I mean, there's Bryce Miller, there's Bobby Miller. So many, so many of these that are just ready to come up and start rearing and, and throwing Ched and, I don't know, dominate. I mean, of course, then there's the whole Dodd and Schuster situation with Atlanta too. Keep in mind this stuff. I think, honestly, right now when it comes to guys in the majors, there are fewer than usual breakout pitchers who are doing something new and really going to carry us through the year. I, you know, if, I mean, maybe like Tony Disco, right? But not really the, um, and I say Tony Disco doesn't mean go inside, get him, but he could be like the Merrill Kelly of last year or something like that. Uh, so I really do want to stash more prospect guys, I think, now than I usually do at this time. Something to think about. Uh, Patrick Sandoval, 3.2 innings, zero runs, three hits, three walks, and six strikeouts. 90 pitches for 11 outs isn't it, but I think we just got to keep going with Patrick Sandoval. Uh, the slider wasn't getting as many chases as we normally see, and only 13% usage on the changeup is is odd here, but we just keep going. Tywin Walker did well against the Reds, six innings, one run, four hits, two walks, and four Ks. The fastball is 93-94, splitter returned a ton of outs, slider gave him enough of CSW. He's still a Toby to me, he's not really, uh, he doesn't carry enough in the repertoire, for me to get excited about Taiwan Walker, he's a Toby. You know, he gets the worth. He, he gets the White Sox next. That's probably worthwhile. There are a lot of other guys to talk about, including this Trevor Rogers start. There's Eric Lauer. There's uh, there's Justin Steele, and we're gonna talk about all of those after this break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Eric Lauer went six innings, one run, five hits, two walks, five Ks. It's insane because he's still throwing 90-91 on the four-seamer. He gets the Mariners next. I'm just not doing it. If you want a Vargas rule, go ahead. But yeah, I can't. I can't do that. The fastball is just not good. <laughs> uh, Trevor Rogers against the Diamondbacks had a phenomenal outing. Six innings, one run, five hits, one walk, seven Ks. And this is what I, I, this is the biggest thing to me about how we treat April is what I'm seeing a lot more than usual is stuff plus numbers being thrown around and PLV numbers, whatever it is. Your pitch quantifiers to say these are the skills, right? In previous years, it was maybe FIP or XFIP or whatever you want it to be, the K-Mice walk, all of it. And regardless of, of what the performance has been, we have to keep in mind what sa- small sample is. And you say, no, it gets sticky at this point. Sticky really just means it's more uh, meaningful than noise, but it doesn't mean that it's a 100% guarantee that's sticky, right? It's stickier than just being random, but it doesn't mean that it's a guarantee. And what I'm trying to get at is pitchers deserve success at times, and then they don't necessarily deserve it later. 
So let's say that he's doing something really well in a couple starts in April. The pitcher himself might not be able to actually execute the same way in the future, right? He might not have the same velocity. He might not have the same movement on the slider. He might not have the same locations. And they get into rhythms, and then they go out of rhythms. And the same is also true. Guys who are throwing softer now often throw soft or harder later, or they start throwing more sliders, or they change their pitch mix, or they um, or their their pitch shapes, stuff like that. So I I I really want to mention this now because we have Trevor Rogers here, who executed the Blake Snell blueprint. He deserved this success against the Diamondbacks, throwing high fastballs and low changeups. But the thing is, I don't know if he's going to do that tomorrow. He deserved this success. You can say whatever expected metric you wanted to say like, yes, this was a great start and he did really well. I don't know if he's going to be able to maintain that next time, right? I love it. You have to have that success to showcase that run, right? You, For us to say like, oh, great, he's a new pitcher. He has to start with one good start of it, right? Uh, but I don't know what it is tomorrow. He gets the Giants next. That feels like a good start for the risk reward, right? That is, the Giants make it a decent enough floor uh, for Trevor Rodgers, and maybe he maintains the four seamers up and changeups down again. And hey, the slider wasn't actually that good. So maybe the slider also gets added. So good stuff here from Trevor Rodgers against the Diamondbacks, but I don't know if this is a lock moving forward, right? Okay, cool. Glad we're on the same page. Joey Wentz against the Giants, 5.2 innings, one run, six hits, one walk, seven Ks. Here you go. He kind of deserved this one. Four seamers were elevated with intent. He has that increased velocity that we talked about in the spring. And the curve and change did find things in the zone with the, with the cutters as well. I mean, more of the cutters actually in the zone than the change in curve. And it's not the worst schedule ahead. The Guardians and Brewers and Orioles. But I, I don't really want to chase it in a 12-teamer. A only? Yeah, not, not a bad play. Jose Barrios, hey, he's a great undulator because look at this. Five innings, one run. Four hits, zero walk, six Ks. And he's not back. The slurve was actually, yes, I'm calling it a slurve because the stack has does it. Slurves don't exist, but that's another tangent for another time. It's a curveball just at a three-quarters angle, whatever. 47% strike rate on that breaking ball, which is so weird because that's a signature pitch. It's just one of those days, you know, exactly. Um, Trevor Williams against the Guardians. And again, if you want to Vargas rule this, go ahead. Two strikeouts and just two whiffs and five innings. For Trevor Williams, as he went one and run, four hits, and two walks, go ahead. I'm not going to do that. Tommy Malone is here. Hi. Oh, man. And I cannot believe he went 4.2 innings. I mean, it was Rocky Road. One and run, three hits, two walks, three Ks. He was starting this one because Marco Gonzalez was on paternity leave. Really nice change of location, by the way. But, yeah, no, we don't start Tommy Malone in our 12-teamers. Justin Steele went... Seven innings, two runs, three hits, one walk, eight strikeouts against the Dodgers. Earned a gallows pole with 17 whiffs. Amazing. He did this with 71% four-seamers, which you're thinking, wait a second. Isn't the slider the good pitch from Steele? Yes, it is. This is wild. Um, He had extra rise on this one, four inches extra. 44% CSW on the slider as well. 11 whiffs on the four-seamer. Um, if that's real... That's cool. I don't believe that it's real. You guys know me. This is a Wasker Noah rule of the slider is elite, the four-seamer isn't. But the four-seamer was kind of in this one. So, <laughs> uh, he gets Oakland to Miami next in his, well, two of his next three starts. The one in between you don't really want to do. I'm kind of in. Yeah, all right, Justin Steele, let's go. 
Um, let me see then that next start in a decent matchup against the, the Athletics so I can like weigh the uh, risk of reward there. And I can also see, like, is the fastball getting this much ride? That would be great. Um, let's go to Nestor Cortez against the Minnesota Twins. Having the start we want him to see. Seven innings, two and runs, five at zero walks, and seven Ks. Only two whiffs on the four-seamer is kind of weird. But everything else was good, so we're good there. Charlie Morden, honestly, was the guy we've been seeing the rest of the season so far. But he got Kansas City, so he survived. Six innings, two and runs, six hits, two walks, five Ks. I mean, I take that back a little bit. The curveball was much better. But the fastball and the sinker changing cutter weren't so i'm a little worried about his next start against the padres how could the padres padres offense i don't know but i think we're gonna still start charlie morton there because as we get deeper in the season charlie morton generally just gets better I, I i know i do say that um month splits are dumb and they kind of are uh but there are some guys that are slower starters than others we've seen that i mean charlie morton kind of is the reason i say that they're dumb generally is as a broad label they are and they're really dumb but there are always extremes and outliers with everything and i feel like charlie morton is one of them martin perez against the astros five innings two and runs five hits four walks and four k's honestly that's kind of good for martin perez and he gets the royals next so yeah that's a toby all right that should be okay tanner hauk is not in the rotation anymore with brian bayo uh returning on monday and he was something against the angels four innings two and runs four it's four walks and six strikeouts so we never really got to see him at his best where the slider was just dominating and then the splitter and four seamer did the rest um you know he's back to the pen and i have no interest moving forward sean Manaya only got 10 outs in 82 pitches against the tigers 3.1 innings two and runs four it's one walk four k's the velocity is still there they just just the change wasn't good enough um, he gets the Marlins next, so we're still holding on to this as Stripling is in the pen. So, Manaya is good to go. I'm definitely buying low on this. Cal Quantrill against the National, six innings, three and runs. So, you got your poor quality start. Six hits, two walks, and three strikeouts. Not what you wanted to see. 21% CSW, seven whiffs against the Nationals. He gets the Tigers and Rocky Road next. So, fine. We're still in here. It's just be a little bit better. Like, one fewer earned run, maybe two fewer base runners. Like, yeah, really, just one fewer hit, one fewer run, and we're fine. <laughs> we're that close. Maybe get a win, please. Great, thanks. Noah Syndergaard against the Cubs. Six innings, three earned runs. So another poor quality start. Six hits, two walks, and nine strikeouts. So he got the strikeout somehow here. We have the changeup getting eight of those strikeouts with ten whiffs. And the sinker was an effective called strike offering. We see this a lot. Sinkers, if, you, if you're a sinker baller, you better get double-digit called strikes and then have a secondary pitch that gets you whiffs. That's fine. That's like the Alex Cobb method. That's the Brady Singer method. That's all good. You can even say that's like Aaron Nola method. He was the first guy to really do that. Can Syndergaard be that? I don't really think so. At least he's got the, the Dodgers on his side, but he gets the Mets next. I really don't think I want to do that. Uh, he does get the Pirates after that. So fine, we're back in for that one. I mean, this that's the life of a guy like Noah Syndergaard. Louis Varland showed up because he needed to space uh, some time for Kenta Maeda to get some rest. It would have been Bailey Ober, but the timing didn't work out. So they went with Louis Varland instead. And he looked great. Six innings, 300 runs, six hits, one walk, eight strikeouts for Louis Varland against the Yankees. 96 mile per hour heaters is two ticks higher than we saw last year. 83 pitches too, so it wasn't just this short, you know, uh, relief appearance. You could say the adrenaline was up, but 46% CSW on those heaters. Now, the sliders and cutters, 
weren't as amazing as that fastball. Changeup was mediocre, but they were still good. And I do wonder if that velocity sticks. Next time we see Varland, I might be a little bit intrigued. Um, that's kind of cool. Tyler Wells was my stream pick of the day, and it didn't work out. 5.1 innings, 3 and runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, 3 Ks. Very close, like one earned run off. But yeah, that, that whip is not good enough to carry this no win. Throw only three strikeouts of fine. He gets the Tigers next, though, and that's still a decent stream in my book. Kodai Senga went against Oakland, and we actually had this as the number one start because there was no ace. 4.2 innings, 4 and runs, 7 hits, 4 walks, 7 Ks. And you can probably figure out what happened. Kodai Senga did not have his splitter. Sorry, ghost fork. It's a splitter. Whatever you want to call it. It's a volatile pitch. There it is. When he doesn't have it, there's nothing else. The four-seamer cutter slider just aren't good enough. And that splitter went six for 17 strikes. So I guess he's a cherry bomb after all. And I don't love that. It's still a good schedule, which will make the odds of him bombing less. But yeah, he's a cherry bomb, and that's just kind of the way it is. Maybe it's just one star, and I'm overreacting, but there I mean, it's right there in front of us. And if he had... A better slider or cutter or four-seamer that would make me feel comfortable when these nights happen. Then he wouldn't get that label, but yeah, he's destined to have that label, it feels like. Luis Garcia against the Rangers. Five innings, five and runs, six sets, two walks, and seven Ks. He gets the Jays and Rays next. I don't know. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this. I feel like he should be doing the 25 to 30% fastball approach with his cutter and slider getting the hefty majority of his usage, but... It's not quite there yet. Yeah, you don't need to stick around with Luis Garcia if there's a better option. I mean, he's worthwhile in a 12-teamer. Kind of Toby in that way, but I guess Cherry Bomb-esque. Madison Bumgarner should not be here. Brandon Fought should be up. Oh, did I mention before in the prospect pitchers? Because he should be involved in those prospect pitchers. Like, there's so many. There are so many to stash. Oh, man. Uh, Drew Rasmussen against the Jays. Oh, the Jays finally lost. Someone got a loss on their starting rotation. Have to be Rasmussen. 4.1 innings, 5 and runs, 8 hits, 4 walks, 4 Ks. Man, back-to-back Springs and Rasmussen just going down like this. Not fun. Not going down. Rasmussen still here. His stuff is still good. All of that. It's just one of those days, I think. Um, his four-seamer wasn't elevated. It was down low. Ugh. Yeah, I, I think Rasmussen is better than this, and we just keep moving on. Austin Gomber. I'm not going to mention anything there. Uh, Connor Overton. Nothing to report. Uh, James Caprillion, he's not very good. Velocity is down. Walks are seven walks against the Mets. Mason Miller should be here. Oh, yeah. Did I mention him? Okay. Uh, Michael Waka against the Brewers. Um, seven hundred runs, 11 hits, and 4.1 innings. He had 10 strikeouts last time, and here's this. And his opponent had the same amount of hard-hit balls. That is Eric Lauer, who went six innings and one and run. So, it's just how it goes. I, I think Waka isn't as good as Martinez and Lugo. I hope I'm wrong at the end of the year in the way that all of them are good. <laughs> and Brady Singer is a cherry bomb because he's sinker slider. And he went against Atlanta. Five innings, eight earned runs, ten hits, zero walks, but eight strikeouts. His sneaker didn't sneak in for called strikes. They actually hit the pitch, the pitch, and that's it. Um, I just, yeah, it's one of those days. I'm looking forward to today and tomorrow as, boy, am I going long on this one for you guys. It is a small number of aces. Uh, you have Freddie Peralta and George Kirby in the auto start here, and that's it. They're not even aces. Uh, but you're starting both of those. Anthony Descafani, of course, against the Tigers. 
Um, he's already going right now. That's how late I am. I apologize. Uh, Steven Matz against the uh, the Pirates, but you knew this yesterday. This is all on the site yesterday, which is good. As a stream pick of the day, as Steven Matz, you have Seth Lugo, Tyler Malley, Ryan Nelson, uh, Hunter Brown, and Graham Ashcraft all in the probable start team. Really excited for that Ashcraft start. I really hope he continues that, that momentum forward. The questionable start tier is massive. You might want Elder in there in the probable start tier, but I just don't know if I buy his success, but it is the Royals, so all right. Um, John Gray against the Astros is weird, considering the fastball is weird. Kyle Gibson, fine against the White Sox. Michael Kopech, I don't know what we're going to see from him against the Orioles. Police X throwing 50% sliders, that could work against the Nationals. Chris Bubich, it's Bubich day, right? Against the Atlanta Braves, I feel like you just don't do it. Um, Nick Pavetta against the Angels. Tyler Anderson against the Red Sox. And Carlos, Carlos Carrasco against the Athletics, this, this looked really bad. And I just don't want to risk it. Domingo Herman hasn't did not look good last time against the Twins. Matt Strom could work out, but it's in the Cincinnati. He doesn't have a large pitch count. And Jameson Tyone doesn't have his breakers yet going against the Dodgers. And Yusei Kikuchi is in start of the do not start here against the Rays. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, Braxton Garrett against the Diamondbacks. Fu, uh, Fujinami against the Mets. Michael Grove against the Cubs. Josh Fleming has an opener going against the Rays. Michael Lorenzen is coming back from the IL today with Matthew Boyd going tomorrow. And Lorenzen will go against the Giants. Curious to see what we get, but we're not starting this. It's still ill. Ronson Contreras against the Cardinals. Chad Cool against the Guardians. And Ryan Feltner against the Mariners. There's a chance Contreras pulls it off after getting destroyed by the Red Sox, but just don't risk it. Tomorrow is just a ton of aces. Okay, you don't need my help. I have it as Cole, Cease, Castillo, McClanahan, Scherzer, Alcantara, Urias, Lopez, Bieber, Gallen, Nolo, Webb, Darvish, Valdez. Whatever you want. Honestly, just start them all. I also have Reed Demers at the very bottom of that auto start tier against the Red Sox because honestly, he felt like a step up from everybody in the probable start tier. And yeah, he's below the other ones I mentioned, but I feel like if you have Reed Demers, just start him. He, like everybody's worried about the the blow up in the sixth inning against the Jays where it was really just one bad pitch to Matt Chapman. Everything else was just ridiculous. Like no, he's fantastic. He should do well against the Red Sox. Probable start tier, Alec Manoa leads it because he's not looked good against the Rays. I'm not ready to just say, like, oh, he's doomed because remember what I was saying before. But, yeah, that, that's a tough one. Kyle Wright didn't look good, and now he gets the Royals, though, so you're probably going to do that. Garrett Willock looked better, and it's the Angels in the second start back. Grayson Rodriguez hasn't locked in yet, but he gets the White Sox, so you're probably going to do that. I mean, this is why all of these are weird, but you're probably starting them. It's why the questionable start tier is only two people long. Like, if you want to merge those together, you can. Like, is the de facto auto start and a de facto do not start, I think, for, for Sunday. But they have Miles Michaelis against the Pirates. I mean, you think that should be good, but Miles Michaelis isn't that great. And Andrew Heaney just had 10 strikeouts, but he gets the Astros. But he's, I mean, all those guys I think you're probably starting. Then, questionable start is Mitch Keller against the Cardinals. I'm kind of buying in more into Mitch Keller, but it is the Cardinals. So, I feel like this is the last start I need to be like, okay, all right. Mitch Keller, welcome to like the 50s or 60s or something like that. We'll see. Matthew Boyd is also going tomorrow. He didn't look as good in that uh, last start, 91 on the fastball, two slider whiffs. But it's the Giants, and he's a stream pick of the day because everyone else was taken. <laughs> Mitch Keller's at 21% roster, and I do 20% and lower. Uh, do not start here. Drew Smiley could pull it off. He did it last time against the Mariners with the Blake Snell blueprint, but he gets the Dodgers, and that just feels like too risky. J.P. Sears does have a better fastball this year and a new slider, but he gets the Mets. You don't want to do that. Zach Greinke against Atlanta. There's a chance, but I don't want to do it. Same with Wade Miley against the Padres. And Luis Sessa, no. Um, Patrick Corbin, no. And Noah Davis, you don't even know who that is. He's the guy apparently starting for the Rockies. We don't even know. He's 
whoever's filling in for Herman Marquez, we're absolutely not doing that against the Mariners. All right, that is it for today. I hope you found this helpful, even though it's coming out around like 2 o'clock on the Saturday. But best of luck to everybody. And my name is Nick Pollock. So may your bounce be low and your strikeouts high.